Hi, and welcome to the research room, a space to make research by the people for the people. And today we have another episode of Falsifiable Fridays. And I'm going to be switching the topic quite a bit from last month. Um, I'm going to be talking about memory. And there's a lot to talk about with memory. Like, again, there's just no way I'm going to be able to fit everything within this next month. But um, I am going to try to do uh, something. <laughs> um, and I, I think even with just today, um, there's there's so much of memory. And I don't know, I, like, I've never heard anyone say this, but like, this is my thought that um, I think a lot of what we think of memory it's like the tip of the iceberg like there's just so much that happens there's so much that like we consider to be uh i guess uh, i want to say this the other way there's so much that we don't consider to be memory that is actually memory there's so much that is uh some stuff that we don't consider memory that is memory what do i mean by that um so i mean maybe even when we think about memory maybe we think that there is just memory right it's just the one concept which is kind of true i guess maybe you can think of memory in in uh, a few different ways maybe you um partition it uh, into different um kinds of memory maybe it's memory that is like more immediate and then other memory that is more long term there's so much more than that <laughs> um I would say there's a, so there's nothing more than uh, this number that I'm about to say, but uh, I would say that there are 12 at least different types of memory. Um, I will kind of go through most of them uh, today. I won't spend too much time on all of them, but um, just so that you get a sense of like what is out there. Um, I, I wanted to go through this and like hopefully put this into like, perspective um memory is a very complex process it's not just there um there's reasons why it's there um and there's steps for why it's there so one i'm going to be very curious about like how many of these do you already know do you even consider these memory um i would say yes they have to be at least some part of memory um and hopefully that'll make sense in just a little bit. So I, I think that there are three main types um, when it comes to memory. There is sensory memory, there's short-term memory, there's long-term memory. Within all of that, there are multiple other types of memory. So even just with sensory memory, um, there's three main things that happen here. So uh, I will say these three terms, and I, I wonder what you will think of these. Um, there is iconic memory, there is echoic memory, and there's haptic memory. What does that mean, right? What, what are those three? Um, so if I if I say something like iconic memory, and then this is again within just sensory. So sensory is all the stuff that is like very quickly happening. Um, it very rarely makes it out of this sensory kind of stage. And you can think of all, all memory as like from sensory, it goes to short-term, from short-term to long-term. And then there's back and forth between short-term and long-term. But um, when it comes to sensory stuff, this is 
this is literally just everything, <laughs> everything that you can take in at, at any given point in time. And it's in your memory, at least for a little bit. And it has to be in memory for it to make to make it to these other two stages. But um, the idea of uh, iconic memory, if you are, let's say, um, looking at your laptop or your phone or wherever you are uh, watching this um, or listening to this, you will maybe be taking in uh, me. <laughs> I, I mean, I guess that is um, optimistically speaking that like uh, you are paying attention and you're actually like looking and like all of your 100% of your attention is actually devoted here, but like um, probably not happening, right? But either way, you're look uh, whatever you're looking at right now. Um, it's it, potentially it's me. Maybe it's your screen. Maybe it's your phone. Maybe it's your laptop. Maybe it's the broader uh, surroundings around you, right? So like uh, in front of me, I can also see like my light. I can see uh, one of my dog's toys. I can see um, my microphone. I can see my phone. There's so many other things that are happening. And these are all part of our iconic memory. Um, and like I said, most of those aren't things that we're going to remember. Some of them might stick out. Some of them we might carry over into short-term memory so that we can like work with them. But for the most part, they're there, they're gone. You're not going to remember every single slice of every single moment, um, unless you're like a very, very select, like few people, right? <laughs> so iconic memory, that's everything that you're seeing. Um, echoic memory, that is everything that you are hearing. So as you're listening to my voice, um, and maybe you're listening to other things, maybe there's other sounds that are happening around you. Again, you won't necessarily remember all these things. Maybe there's some things that stick out to you that you do end up remembering. But for the most part, we don't remember every single thing. And we certainly don't remember every single thing, like, in all of the ordering that it has happened, right? Um, you might remember that you heard a sound earlier today. Maybe you heard a sound last week. You won't necessarily remember all the things that happened before that, all the things that happened after that. You might remember that one moment uh, of sound. Hopefully you do remember <laughs> a lot of uh, what you're hearing, though. Especially if my voice is one of the, the like main sounds that you're hearing right now. Um, and then there's haptic memory. So haptic memory is going to be all the things that we can feel. So maybe you are sitting in a chair right now. Maybe you're sitting on your bed. Maybe you're sitting somewhere else. You can feel all those sensations against you. Maybe all the like the clothing that you're wearing, right? Um, there's all of those sensations as well. Um, maybe you have your phone in your hand. Maybe there's that uh, that's going to be part of your your memory, your haptic memory at least. And each of these three are three different like streams of things, right? Um, you can potentially remember a lot of things that you see, and you don't necessarily remember a lot of things that you hear. Maybe it's vice versa. Maybe you are very very um, like physically oriented, and like you uh, you remember all these other like sensations, but you don't necessarily remember <laughs> what was actually happening, what were you seeing, what were you listening to. Um, so all of these are literally just to say, like, this is everything that you are taking in at any given moment. And that's going to be your sensory memory. So this happens, I mean, in a second or so, it's gone, right? Um, and it, it's, it's piling up over and over and over again, right? Like, there's so many seconds in a day. Um, you're only going to remember so much of that, like, huge amount of, like, data that we're getting all the time. Okay, so then short-term memory. <clears throat> so short-term memory is gonna be the next step. It's uh, right after um, you are experiencing all these things, some things make it through. And they will be in our heads um, for like 
maybe five seconds, maybe 10 seconds, maybe 15 seconds. Um, we can, of course, extend the amount of time that's in our head if we are like consciously thinking about it and like working through it and like things like that. But for the most part, things will be there for a little bit. You can engage with it for a little bit and it's going to go away. Um, and then a, a select few of those things will make it to long-term memory. So the short-term memory, um, you might uh, think of this as like, I mean, you can um, hold like five to nine-ish um, pieces of information, whatever those pieces of information are. So that could be voice things, that can be visual things, that can be other things, right? Um, abstract ideas. <laughs> so whatever it is, um, you have a, a limited capacity, but like not too bad. And like that capacity, like maybe maybe it's one thing that you are really remembering but that actually has like 10 different like pieces to it like you can like chunk things together and like try to remember things like that right so um this is uh in your head for a little bit and there are probably at least like four different types of memory when it also comes to this um so it's not just short-term memory but there's all these other le um, levels to it so with this um there's there's going to be, um, maybe I'll start with this one. I'll start with um, this thing called the, the visual spatial sketch pad. Visual spatial sketch pad. And uh, it's weird because like I, I never have to say that. I've only been saying it in my head. So <laughs> saying it out loud is a little weird. Um, but what is that, right? So, um, I mean, you can kind of like think of what this is, right? Um, visual, um, which is just like the way that you might tack on the word visual in the beginning of, of a word. Um, spatial, um, things to do with like space, um, uh, like the dimensionality of things, right? Like um, distance and things like that, right? Um, so all of those things, and they have a nice little term, sketchpad. Um, so like, yeah, I mean, makes sense that like visual things would go onto a sketch pad and like in your head it kind of is working like that your brain is like constructing all these like little components and everything and like putting them all together um actually like another cool thing is like i mean you, you can like very much trace this um within your own like head and like within your own um brain like not completely of course but like um i mean if you are watching this and you can actually see me um you can you can take an information, right? This is all going to be the um, the iconic <laughs> information, and with like a little bit of other like stuff added in when it comes to like the spatial stuff. But this is very much the iconic um, sensory memory that has now been transferred into your short-term memory. That's all through your eyes, of course. And so um, your right eye, you could follow the track <laughs> basically from um, what you're taking in, and that's going to go all the way to the back. Oh, uh, to the back of your head, um, to the last little uh, bit here, and that's your uh, occipital um, cortex. That's going to be going all the way, uh, occipital lobe more generally. Um, that's going to come all the way back there. And same with your left uh, eye, that's going to come all the way around to the right side. And so from there, it's going to go a couple different directions. It might go up or it might come down. Um, some of the information that goes up um if someone ever were to say um that the, the, it's going dorsally that means i mean in this case it is going up into the like crown of your head uh, or it can go ventrally and that means it's coming uh like down and around um in this case when it comes to your brain 
So it's going to go in these two different directions and those two different directions, they, your brain's going to be doing different things. Um, different parts of what you're taking in is going to go to different places. And that's part of like this memory formation kind of thing, right? It's now in different parts of your brain. It's uh, making sense of it. And things that matter are going to stick longer than things that don't matter. Generally speaking, <laughs> sometimes it's like, why, why do I remember this? Why is this in my head right now? But um, so we have that. And so um, it's going to go up and around. Um, it's going to end up in a lot of uh, like this uh, kind of region, um, the real top of your head, this the pr uh, parietal lobe. Um, and that is going to, um, it's going to go to like things of like, uh, like physical, like sort of things uh, within your body. Um, that's uh, mov like movement sort of things. Like you need to be able to see in order to like have this kind of movement, right? You know, that's how you understand where to move, how to move. Um, it's because it's all the like the visual things that you're taking in. It's all the spatial kind of things that you're taking in as well. <clears throat> so that's the visual spatial um, sketch pad. Uh, I guess I'll also say it mostly goes to the right side um, uh, of your brain. And that's maybe why some people think that like, oh, if you are this kind of person, then you are more right uh, brain than left brain. All of that is like false, but like, <laughs> I guess it has some truth and merit to it um, because things typically are like localized to some part of your brain. But in reality, it does like, it, it's not only the right side of your brain. It's not only the left side of the brain with like very, very few exceptions. And you can always like learn that like, some things can go some things that are meant to go to the right side of your brain for some people they go to the left side brains can work in a lot of different ways um but yeah for the most part it is on the right side <clears throat> and then um, when it comes to like more like word kind of things that's more likely to go to your left side because there is actually like a very specific part of your uh your brain <clears throat> in most um in most brains that is going to be only on the left side. And so that's going to be there to like be able to figure out what do these words mean? How do I uh, make meaning out of this? How do I construct a response? And like, how do I know, like vocalize, like what I'm trying to think. So um, that is all stuff that goes into the phonological buffer. That's what this part of short memory is called. <laughs> so that's going to come uh, more or less like around here. Um, to like the side of your head and then uh, it might come up a little bit up here but like mostly it's like these kinds of regions and it comes all the way uh, to the front because the front uh, the frontal lobe that's much more for like this this like high level abstract sort of like thinking words are very abstract <laughs> um, uh, it's they're all thoughts and ideas right so for it to now come uh, closer to the, the front side of the brain, that makes sense as well. Because like you're doing some really high level, like complex thinking when it comes to talking and like reading and like explaining words and like things like that, right? <clears throat> so again, all of this, all this is happening <laughs> within just a few seconds uh, of you taking in information. Some things are coming up to the right and to the top uh, for like movement purposes. Some of them are coming to the left and like up around to the front for like word kind of purposes. Then there's also the central executive and then this whole idea of, of like working memory. <clears throat> and so all of, I guess not all of it necessarily, but a lot of it 
is probably happening in the front part of your head again because like you're trying to make sense of everything that's happening you're trying to make sense of all the information that's coming in and what's what's important what's not important trying to combine pieces of information to like make new information in your head that's likely going to be happening for the most part in the front part of your your brain so that's I mean, that's kind of that. So like, as you are, as you're listening to me, the things that you're seeing, um, it, it, as long as your, your brain is like working uh, through this information, it's gonna come all the way to the back of your occipital um, lobe. The things that I'm doing with my hands and like <laughs> with my face and as I'm talking and things like that, um, that's probably going more to the, the uh, parietal region, the, that like top, sort of region the things that i'm saying though that's being processed in a whole different way and that's coming uh, to the like left side of your head and to that side and like kind of more to the front cool stuff i think okay so then uh i'll, I'll leave that there as far as um what is happening with short-term memory. Of course, it's more complex. Of course, there's more to say there. Um, I, the last thing I'm gonna say is stuff on long-term memory. So there, when it comes to long-term memory, I think this is like really, when we are thinking of memory, this is what we're thinking of. We're thinking of long-term memory. We're thinking of the things that we can like try to remember from the past and bring them to like consciousness and to awareness. Even that's like, only maybe about half the story of long-term memory. There's so much more when it comes to long-term memory. So there's two different like big things within long-term memory. One is going to be um, declarative memory and one is going to be non-declarative memory. Declarative memory means that we can declare it, right? We can say it. We, we are conscious and aware of it. Um, non-declarative, it's not to say that it's, it's completely I know uh, something that we're not aware of, but the actual like actions and things that we do, the reactions potentially as well, that's all going to be within our long-term non-declarative memory. And so uh, hopefully this is going to make a little bit more sense once I actually like say, because there's so many other things, uh, like at least six other things <laughs> when it comes to this. Um, so when it comes to the declarative memory, there's episodic memory, there's semantic memory. Episodic memory, exactly what it kind of sounds like. It's all these episodes within your lives. Um, it's all the unique experiences that you're having that you can now tell other people. This happened before, I'm telling you now. And I have pulled it from memory. Um, cool. Uh, there's semantic memory, which is aside from just the experience itself, right? There's so many other things that we learn and uh, we remember. Maybe you, you remember a time where you learned something, but you don't necessarily always have to remember that time when you're thinking of the actual idea that you learned. This is gonna be much more the semantic memory part. It's these, again, these high level like ideas, usually in the form of thoughts that are in the form of words, but the idea itself, the lesson or like the experience or whatever else you're trying to convey, that's semantic memory. And of course, you can see how these two things are very much, uh, they might have a lot of overlap, but they are two separate streams of things that are happening. You can lose a lot of that ability to like actually actively say things, um, to understand what ideas are, 
and still have ideas on like who you who you are right and the experiences that you've had I ate something earlier today what does that mean I don't know <laughs> but I know that I ate something today and you can see how these two things like again they they uh, work together quite a bit but they are two separate things and so um I mean, if you if you do ever experience something like this, where like you just kind of start losing grasp on like what what do things mean exactly? Um, if you're not able to read things and like uh, comprehend them, which I mean we all have those experiences, right? But uh, if that is a pervasive thing, that's something that would be probably like <clears throat> semantic dementia, uh, which it's very specifically working on this part of your long-term memory. There's different types of dementia. Uh, it's not just one thing. Um, yeah, so uh, I mean, that's, that's an idea <laughs> that I'll just kind of like float out there so that you are more aware. But okay, so then there's, there's other ideas here um, that are uh, non-declarative, right? So these are the other things that are just kind of happening <laughs> and that, like not necessarily uh, conscious of. So, um, this is going to be, um, oh, actually, no, I, I probably should have done this, that, again, when it comes to this episodic, semantic, declarative kind of memory, um, putting it in this context, at least, um, episodic would mean, like, you can remember this time that you saw me, <laughs> uh, you were watching this video, um, you're listening to this this podcast. That's going to be the episodic memory. The semantic memory might be the other things that you learned from here, though. Maybe you, you have the semantic memory of the, the concept of memory. Ah, that is such a... Um, I, I did not mean to go this meta <laughs> when I came to this, but um, I mean, that is the case here, right? It's the memory of the concept of memory that you can now tell other people about. Cool. Um, other things, other things that are I'm definitely less related to what's actually happening here, but like potentially really could be. And it's us, it's very important for us to like realize that these other things are happening, these non-declarative aspects of our, our long-term memory. So there are of course like the skills and habits and things like that. You, those are probably all things that like, yes, you could say them out loud if you, if you needed to, but for the most part, they just kind of happen you turning on your computer, you going to your phone, you knowing how to navigate to watch this podcast, like all those things are happening. You don't have to consciously think through all that. Really cool stuff. At some point, you probably did have to, right? Before it became a habit, before it became a skill that you actually know, you had to consciously think through it and like maybe talk through the steps. At this point, probably not. Um, there's also this idea of habituation. So that is the more and more that we see something, the more and more we experience something, the less and less that we actually have a response to it, a reaction to it. We habituate to whatever's happening around us. So maybe at some point <laughs> in listening to this, you have a bit habituated to my voice. And so you don't necessarily, um, you don't know that you're doing it, right? You could always go back and like say like, oh, like this is something that happened. But as it's happening, you're probably not like very conscious of it. And 
you're losing <laughs> my voice. You're losing uh, the things that I'm saying because you've, you've kind of gotten used to my voice. If I change it up, uh, that's going to get your attention again. You might start seeing things again and you're not going to habituate. But um, yeah, that's one way in which this could happen. This is all memory that you have, though. Yeah, your, your, your brain is uh, keeping tabs on all of it, whether or not you can actually say that. And then there's uh, the opposite, which is going to be sensitization. And that is when, uh, as you continually um, see something or hear something or whatever, your reaction gets stronger and stronger and stronger. You can think of something that you were scared of. Maybe, maybe I'm saying something that you were scared of. I don't know what I could have said, <laughs> but like potentially, right? Um, and as I'm saying those things, you're just having a, a, a stronger and stronger reaction to whatever I'm saying. Um, so as much as uh, I think it might be funny that like, uh, maybe there is something that I've said that uh, um, could have that like response. It's not very funny <laughs> um, a lot of the time, right? Uh, there's a lot of things that happen in life that unfortunately are very like traumatizing, triggering that um, as they continue happening, you're just going to have a stronger and stronger response unless you consciously do something about that. There's also the potential thing of like priming, which would mean that like it, below any actual like real consciousness uh, and awareness on your own part, I could have triggered some other thoughts on your end. So we are always making like maps of things in our head. We have these schema. If I say the word cold, <laughs> there are certain things that come to mind and that might be slightly different depending on the person, but like um, there's a lot of commonalities, of course. Maybe the idea of cold might also go with the word like slow. And like maybe <laughs> as I keep saying word like cold, you mean like you might slow down like your movements unconsciously. Um, that's the whole idea of like priming that like I've primed these other thoughts and behaviors from something else that happened. That's something else that your, your body and your mind remembered. If I talk about food and then all of a sudden at the end of this, um, you're, you're wanting to like, uh, grab something to eat and I mean I've primed to that idea and this happens a lot right um, it's unfortunately can controls us uh, quite a bit especially if you're not being conscious and aware of it so <clears throat> that um, that's my <laughs> very quick and basic rundown uh, of memory there's gonna be a lot more to talk about here there's so much more to talk about um, but I wanted to talk about these these general concepts because they're going to be coming up throughout the rest of this. And so, um, yeah, always feel free to come back to this if you if you wanna hear about a very, very brief breakdown of, of what uh, any of these different types are. And hopefully it also helped to like put them into context a little bit more. But okay, that's that's gonna be it for today. Um, we'll, we'll continue on memory and like things of like how to improve it, what uh, ends up uh, not improving it, things like that. Um, throughout the rest of this month so uh until then thank you for your time and uh, bye for now